Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Hey, couple thank yous, first of all. We always like to show gratitude. Uh, thank you for keeping this number one daily, list, uh, daily podcast for agents. We uh, are increasing the number of listens every single day, increasing the number of downloads every single month. It's pretty amazing uh, that so many of you are listening every day and are finding what we're saying to be a revelation in your businesses. And the emails and the communications we get back are reinforcing the fact that we're on the right path with a lot of you. And I, I appreciate that. And I sincerely thank the opportunity and the honor of being your um, <laughs> your current or your future coach, depending on what our status is in your life right now. So, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. It's always great to be here. And I've got a couple of quick Facebook shout-outs when you're ready. Sure. First of all, um, the storm, of course, we're entering hurricane season. And I know our friends in Hawaii are experiencing something very similar to the thing that's happening on the East Coast. Um, just a real quick summary, we have done a lot of podcasts before when crazy weather affects your market, what you should be doing. And uh, go back and listen to those podcasts. But number one thing is you need to be calling your centers of influence and past clients and offering them a list of the service providers that can help them uh, depending on what the storm damage is. So it doesn't matter you know, when that happens. It could be from a hurricane. It could be from a blizzard. It could be from whatever weather affects your market. Hell, in Hawaii, it could be from a volcano, though I'm not sure much can be done with that. But the moral of the story is, is do not hide out when something hits that's bad weather related. You've got to be at the center of their lives offering help. So put together a service provider list, call the folks, and then step into the breach and be the person that's going to be the solution to a lot of their fears and their concerns. All right, so, Julie, you have some folks you'd like to recognize? Yes. <clears throat> Actually, I'm going to uh, pull up our outline for a radio show maybe later this week or early next week for those specific bullet points since you reminded me about uh, – I think we have a specific podcast called What to Do When Disaster Strikes. So we'll polish that up and bring that out. All right, uh, as far as Facebook goes from our private Facebook page for uh, coaching members only, Dave Snowberger, I love it when I see a post like this. This really drives the point home about talking to people who actually have a home for sale and uh, looking at what your spokes are. So Dave writes, came into the office today with the mindset to do the things that I didn't want to do when I didn't want to do them at a high level. Loaded in my for sale by owner contacts to my dialer and first call got the appointment, went on the appointment, one hour later took the listing. <laughs> I mean, pretty textbook, right? Now, that only happens to agents that actually make the call. But, yeah, one call, one appointment, one listing, I can't really beat that ratio. That's pretty awesome. So nice job to Dave. And let's see, Wendy Lynn Day posted some really beautiful pictures of her Center of Influence event that she did. I think it was called uh, Moms and Mimosas, and it looks like she had a great turnout. Everybody's smiling. Looks like a really good event. I think it was at her house, so nice job on that. Connecting with your center of influence. We talk about that in the Premier Coaching as one of the uh, very effective ways to make 
multiple contacts and talk about real estate not being a secret agent on one event and how efficient it is. Those of you who kind of bristled at doing center of influence types of events because maybe, you know, that's too warm and fuzzy for you or something of that nature, just remember when somebody in your office takes that listing and you go, how'd that person get that listing? Many times it's because somebody already knew them. And that's why we do things like center of influence events where you can talk about what's happening in the local real estate market. So she did a good job on that. Those are my two shout outs. Back to you. Well, so you guys know us um, as being practical and tactile and giving you the information you need to put into action today to help other people make money, right? Heard that before? Yes, you have. But you also know us because we coined the phrase and trademarked the phrase, you know, long-term ever-increasing levels of success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You've all heard that before. Some of you have uh, heard it but not really listened. Others of you who have heard it not really listened for years and now are coming around to realizing that's a very true statement because it is. Everything that you're trying to avoid doing, for the most part, if you wrote down all the things you're trying to avoid doing, <laughs> those are the most important things in your life. It's, it's almost comical when I apply that to myself, to be honest with you. That's what caused me to chuckle there. Because if I wrote down a list of the things I'm avoiding, those are the, big, those are the things that will move the needle the most in my life. And, but I'm just like the rest of you guys, and so is Julie. You know, we have to push ourselves through, reminding ourselves that we have to do what we don't want to do and we don't want to do at the highest level. And Julie, you know where I'm going with this. So Julie had a morning <laughs> that I wanted her to share with all of you um, that is the very example of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. And she is here, and she's on the podcast, and she's doing our coaching call, her coaching calls, and she's doing her job, and she's doing it at an extremely high level despite what happened this morning, Julie. Several what happens this morning. Well, it starts out, if I'm being really very honest, it starts out with me absolutely getting up at an hour earlier than any human. I, I just fundamentally, there's something about getting up while it's still dark out that still rubs me the wrong way. Though I realize I have to do this for the next 8 to 12 years to get the kid to school. So that's how it starts. And uh, everything went pretty, pretty well in the morning, other than, you know, Zoe's usual random mini fits. Get her out the door, but be before all of that, I had woken up in the middle of the night with this crazy headache on one side of my head. So I'm thinking, well, this is probably my ear infection coming back. I drop her off, go to the emergency place that's on the way back, and I guess I have like an inflamed ear tube or something crazy like that. So that was fine. Get back, and uh, your mom comes in the door, blood on her shirt. Like, is grandma in a fight? What the heck, right? She'd win. And uh, I know she totally would win. So she kind of comes in the door and says, well, I said, you're home early because she goes to the gym. She's doing what she doesn't want to do when she doesn't want to do it, going to the gym to work out, trying to make some new friends there. And uh, as it turns out, she hopped on the treadmill without looking at what the previous person had left the setting on, wiped out, knocked her face into the treadmill, had a bloody nose, a bloody lip, and they called the emergency squad. So that all happened before my first coaching call, and I think that's 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 my story basically. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, there it is. So how many of you would have quit? 
Right. So, How many of you, and you also, and Julie also swam for probably at least a couple of miles this morning. And she's a lot of other things that she didn't talk about that she does every morning that all of us didn't. We've basically built into our lives as a regular thing. The moral of the story is, is how many of you guys would have basically hit a wall at just the infection and, you know, had to, having to go to the, Julie had to go to the local ER, you know, uh, a fancy minute clinic run by uh, military veterans, which is, yeah, well, I mean, it's just kind of cool. The things that you discover when you're in Texas, um, yeah, so Julie went to a, a very nice minute clinic that's run by ex-military medical professionals, doctors and whatnot. Well, wait, guys and how the, do I know that? Yeah. Because though I was sitting there on the exam table feeling pretty crappy, I subconsciously went into the Ford script. And I can tell you all about my doctor's family, occupation, recreation. He likes to run. He runs in our neighborhood right down the, you know, around the corner from the clinic. Uh, and I didn't get to the D part, but I forded him. I didn't. I just thought of that just now when you mentioned that. <laughs> so, anyway, that's how I entertain myself when I'm stressed, I guess. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, look, guys, we're living it too, you know. And uh, <laughs> through the Today. for the rest of the year, well, you know, it's true. But it's the nature of life, right? And the key is just to continue to put one foot in front of the other and stay, you know, laser focused, stay myopic on what it is you're trying to accomplish that day. On a day like this for Julie, she had to basically recenter herself with with her reminding herself what the three to five things are that are most important that she has to do every single day. And if you guys are having scattered days or scattered lives, you will find that the best way for you to find your true north is just to write down, start with maybe two things, and then work up to five of things that you have to do every single day, no matter you know, how many trips to the emergency room you have or, you know, whether your daughter decides that she doesn't think she needs to use the bathroom in the morning, which is another thing Julie yeah, had happen this morning that I heard her struggle. Yeah, the whole thing. Okay. So the moral of the story, guys, is you need to work on refining and defining what the three to five things are that you're going to do every single day that are the most important things. And I'll help you you know, define that. You need to make your prescribed number of contacts, prescribed being the number of contacts you have to make that are dependent on your real estate treasure map. And that's the book we give you when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Just download that book. Um, and then that's going to help you know exactly how many contacts. Contacts is a conversation with a decision-making adult that you need to be doing every single day. That has to be part of your day every single day. And by contact, I mean voice-to-voice or person-to-person, not digital, not email, not postcards, not all these other lazy passive ways. You need to pick up the phone. Let all the other agents basically do the passive shit, and you are the person that's actually showing that you're not lazy and you're picking up the phone. You need to be making sure, be making sure you're doing some form of uh, – these are not necessarily the same thing for everybody. Everybody, but you need to make sure that you're doing some form of exercise every day. That's really important. Ideally, you do all these things in the morning, by the way, morning being before noon. You want to show gratitude towards your family members every single day in an overt way. That's something that a lot of people, when they're really in striver mode, when they're trying to improve themselves financially, they forget to show appreciation to their family members. And yes, you might make more money, and yes, you might be more successful, but at the end of the day, you won't have anybody to share it with. Same goes with your health. You might become more successful and have more money, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the help to appreciate it, what the hell was the point of it, right? You need to be focusing on every single day. Uh, if you have listings, making sure that your, your sellers are – this time of year, guys, it, the sellers become very vulnerable. They become ultra-sensitive. They become so needy that if you don't feed them constant streams of, yes, it's going to be okay, we're going to get the house sold, or 
if it's in contract, yes, it's in contract, we're going to get it closed. They're going to start coming unglued and creating their own problems because they're coming up to the, to, uh, to the time of year when they themselves are starting to feel a lot of familial pressure. When they themselves, and people don't relax during the holidays, they get more stressed out during the holidays. That's just the reality of it. So unless they're on some sort of you know mood-enhancing or mood-depressing drug, they're going to probably be more needy, more anxious, more you know all those types of things. So you need to be keeping in constant communication with all your pendings and all your sellers, uh, your, your existing listings at all times. And then define what you're going to do as far as savings and have that be something you're checking in on every single day as far as wealth accumulation. Ray Dalio who wrote a great book called Principles, who Julie and I read it when it came out, he said there's going to be, in his opinion, there's going to be a significant economic event in two years. That's what he said. And he was, let's assume the guy knows what he's talking about. That, when you guys start reading information like that, understand that the housing market is not necessarily what he's talking about. The housing market is experiencing its significant economic you know, reset right now. What he's talking about as far as the overall economy is completely different. The only reason I'm specifying that is because the other thing I would suggest you guys do every single day of one of your you know, three to five things is find information that proactively reinforces the path that you're on. So, for example, reading Ray Dalio's book would be a good example. Listening to this podcast hopefully will be a good example for many of you. Start weeding out all the things that give you conflicting information, all the things – I would honestly, for most of you guys, I would completely shut out all forms of media. That includes Facebook. That includes any news channel, anybody who purports to be news channel. Cut all that shit out and go through the process of weeding yourself free of all these things that have been providing or giving you information that's probably causing a lot of conflict, consternation, and reason for you to procrastinate. If you let all those things go and you just focus on those three to five things that you're going to do every single day and keeping in mind that your job, your highest purpose on this planet is to be of service to other people, and when you accept that fact that on the other side of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest levels, everything you've been looking for, it's a very simplistic way of approaching life, but it's also a very elegant way of approaching life because you've gotten rid of the complexity. You know, you've gotten rid of all the confusion. Your life doesn't need to be about confusion. Doesn't need to be about, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to be doing? Doesn't need to about be about, oh shit, if I don't do the latest whatever, you know, technological craze or buying leads craze, that somehow I'm going to miss the boat. You don't need to think like that. Matter of fact, if you do think like that, chances are you're going to not, any, not only feel stressed out, burned out, you're not even going to have any net profit to show for it. I was talking with a, I was interviewing actually, somebody who wants me to personally coach him. This guy is in the process of dismantling his team. And for the last two years, he's been running a negative 3% net, negative 3% net on his team. And he has, he's a fairly famous guy in his market. So he's been literally, his real estate practice has literally been losing money. How's he been paying his bills? His wife has a job, and she's basically been paying all the familial bills. Well, his real estate practice essentially has been losing money. And, I, you know, he was frustrated because he is a Keller Williams agent. I don't care if, you know, I'll tell you. And he was frustrated because he had been trying to follow the, you know, the guidelines to get to the seventh, this mythical seventh level in Keller Williams. He's been trying to follow it with just – he was analytical, an analytical driver for those of you guys who have studied that stuff before. And so he was very precise, very exact, doing exactly the way it was, he was told to do it. 
and he, it didn't work. And I asked him why he thought it didn't work, and he said he didn't know. He thought he was the problem, that it didn't work because he couldn't make it work. And when I explained to him that it didn't work because it doesn't work if your goal is to make profit, that was a revelation for him. And so now he's doing what Julie and I have been telling agents to do for years. He's getting rid of his teams. He's getting rid of his buyer agents. He stopped buying buyer leads. He's going to drill down to maybe three to five people that work for him as part of his little team. And he's going to focus 100% on listings. And his profit margins will you know, go up, be 50, 60, 75%. That's how, real estate, that's how you make profit in real estate. So keep your minds clear, guys. It's not a complicated business unless you decide to make it complicated. And then you've got to ask yourself, be a little introspective, why is it that you want it to be complicated? What is it a, why is it that you want real estate to be complicated, your business to be complicated? Why do you think you need to build a buyer agent staff? Why do you think you need to buy buyer leads and then put all these expensive systems in place to manage these bought buyer leads? Why do you think you need to do that? Do you even know? It's not to make a profit, guys. It's because someone told you you did. And why did someone tell you you did? Because they were trying to sell you the very shit that you, you know, now think you have to implement, right? Why do you think you have to have a logo? Why do you think you have to have all these other silly things? Why? Do you even know? Think about this, guys, because someone told you you did. Not because it's actually going to help you help people or help you make money. Get it? Kind of crazy, but true. So Julie and I are going to finish up our points on negotiating. So Julie, just jump right back in, my dear. Yes, you got it. So if you missed the previous points, check out yesterday's podcast at realestatecoachingradio.com. We're going to jump in with, let's see, point number seven. We're talking about negotiating skills, how to keep your cool, how to be better at it. Point number seven, know the expiration date of the subject property. Is the clock ticking? This is a nice little morsel of information when you're on the buyer side, but also if you're the listing agent, right? So maybe the seller's got some other plan in their back pocket if it expires on you. Maybe on the buyer side, you've got a little bit more power because the listing agent's about to lose the listing. It's nice to know when that expiration date is. Okay, so, and by the way, I looked up, uh, this was a special request of one of our Premier Coaching members. Uh, many of you guys don't know this, but it's right there in the NAR uh, statute. I can't remember the numbers, so don't ask me, but Premier Coaching clients, it's on your website. Uh, if you ask a listing agent when it expires, so let's say you can't find the expiration date in the MLS, and you ask the listing agent when it expires, if they don't tell you and the broker won't tell you, you are absolutely allowed to ask the seller directly. Now, I'm not talking about negotiating here. This is just a side point for those of you who are going after expired listings. It is allowable to do that if you ask and you can't find out from the listing agent or the broker, which I thought was kind of surprising. We've all been taught, don't cross the sign no matter what, and that's true, um, generally speaking. But if you don't get what you want, you can do it in that case. So just as a sideline. Uh, point number eight, know what the options are for your client. How many homes on the market are like this one? What is the absorption rate? Whether you're on the listing side or the buyer side, this gets back to their motivation, right? So if the buyer's trying to maybe come in too low and they're probably going to lose it, it's nice for you to know maybe there's nothing else on the market that actually meets their criteria. That's going to be a negotiating conversation that you have. Maybe in a changing market, they've got 10 other homes that will work just as well. Different scenario. So what are the options for your seller? Okay, Is keeping the home an option for them? Maybe that that changes their point of view negotiating-wise. If they absolutely have to sell it no matter what, they've already relocated, the house is vacant, and they're making two payments, 
Well, they don't have a lot of options, do they? So know what those are. Point number nine, understand, this is a big one for agents that sometimes when they're negotiating, their egos get a little bit out of whack. Not that that ever happens, but let's just say it does. So point number nine, understand that negotiation means that both parties come to an acceptable agreement, not an all-out war of volatility. Agents say things like, we want to make the other side bleed, you know, crazy stuff like that. Negotiating is bringing people to an acceptable agreement, not beating on each other. So keep calm and carry on. You be the rock in the conversation. It's okay to counteroffer back and forth more than a couple of times if that's what it takes. But come to an acceptable agreement. Remove your ego from the conversation. It's not your house. It's your job. Present your seller or your buyer, or in some cases, both. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? No, I mean that that's the key thing. I remember when you and I were entering we were, I was thinking actually back about an experience that we had when you were talking um when we were new agents in our early twenties and we'd listed this condo development and there was this um you know, the the builder was a bit of a old gruffy butthead and the there was a co op uh agent, a very a great agent that brought a uh buyer and they couldn't come to terms and we weren't able to negotiate it out. And so this old, you know, this older agent who was very experienced said, "Let's just sit down at a table," and we did. And he, and Julie, and I just sat there. We didn't say anything. And he was negotiating on behalf of his buyer. But look, we respected this guy, and we knew he probably could put a deal together, and we weren't able to. Look, egos aside, Julie and I have realized that hey, you got to learn along the way sometimes. So we watched this guy work the table, and he negotiated a beautiful contract to the point at the end of it. Um, the builder got up and gave the buyer a hug, you know, and they became besties. Yeah. I, it, but that was an example of essentially where the 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 perspective of the builder when we first brought on this offer was, screw them, they need to, you know, just the typical ego reaction. And we had no idea what was going on the other side of it, but maybe their reaction was the same way. By putting everyone at the same table, we had a real estate transaction. So that's what Julie's talking about. Remember, it's not about you. Sometimes you guys, you know, you make the mistake – of um, trying to make it about you where you want it to be because you have such you, – your uh, perception of your value is misplaced. So you think that your job is to make the negotiation thing some kind of blowout. Matter of fact, some of you will sell a buyer or a seller into working with you because you claim to be some sort of like bare knuckles brawler negotiator. And I've heard, and mostly that happens on the buyer side. You know, Mr. Buyer, the reason you want to work with me is we're going to beat the crap out of the seller. You know, you guys literally take that stance. And then you set yourselves up for disappointment because what if the seller basically doesn't care, or doesn't want to play, play ball with you? They're just going to say no. So the moral of the story is your job is not to act like that. Your job, read what your real estate license says. You know, it's very simple. Again, this isn't more of our egos wanting to make things more complicated than they actually are. Your job is to facilitate a real estate transaction. Your job is to not make yourself the center of attention. Your job is to not make the negotiation process a big stressful event uh, for your client or, you know, for your buyer or your seller. Your job is to do whatever it takes to make people, you know, get people to the point where they're, they're signing the contract. That buyer wants to buy, that seller wants to sell your drama should not ever enter into it. And agents, I'm telling you, you guys are the ones that screw up most of your deals. You lose probably at least in a, until you get to be experienced. Even experienced agents, their drama enters into it too. You know, you know, just for whatever reason, they don't like the agent that brought the offer. 
You know, they don't like the buyer. They don't like the whatever, whatever. So they're going to add in layers of uh, drama that are unnecessary. I'll, you know what, guys? I'm going to give you an example. I'll do this while protecting the innocent. So um, one of the biggest agents in L.A., he sells properties worth tens of millions of dollars. A lot of you guys on the West Coast know who this is. He's been a personal client of mine for years. Um, he has, uh, generally speaking, he keeps his ego uh, between the rails. He's learned the hard way many times, but it's not completely uh, between the rails. He will his e- because he's working with so many big ego types. He works with these A-list celebrities. He works with, you know, just all these really big egos. And so inevitably, occasionally, I think he basically has me still coach him because I'm the one that keeps his ego in its cage. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. But so he gets he has this property listed for a very prominent A-list celebrity who all of you guys know. So he gets an offer. And he tells me about this on our coaching call. He gets an offer from somebody who's claiming to be a um, let me remember it a a uh, Saudi Arabian princess. Okay, and and she she didn't provide a she, basically she had one letter that says you know so and so is going to be paying cash. That's the extent of it. He called the other's buyer agent up because you know, he had the listing, and the buyer's agent was not – she didn't want to give him a lot of information because of the fact that she had signed an NDA on behalf of this buyer. So my client was like, oh, this must be full of it. So he calls his seller. The seller, big ego, said, oh, they must – this is just a bunch of crap. You know, don't even respond. Don't even respond. This person's full of it. This whole thing happened between coaching calls. He then shows up to his coaching calls, tells me this whole story with sort of a cocky, sneery tone in his voice. <laughs> this happened, and you won't believe it. So-and-so is claiming to be a princess of whatever. And I, uh, Okay, and this really happened, guys, and this happened this year. I said, so what was that person's name? Did you Google him? He, go, he, he said, no. I said, well, l- let's do that now. And then I Googled him, and here's what I discovered. Not only was this person really a princess from Saudi Arabia, which in itself is not that special because there's a billion of them, um, but – Here's what was interesting. That person had just been in the paper for having put in contract one of the country's most expensive, her own a property that she owned with her husband. Her husband passes away. Uh, she inherits all kinds of, you know, just as you guys can imagine, a lot of assets, one of which was this property that sold. It was on the East Coast, if I remember correctly, that sold for a record number. It was like $40 million or $30 million. And she was looking to purchase this other house that was – at the time, it was, uh, I think, $11 million, and she wanted to pay cash for it. But because he didn't believe it was real, his ego entered into it. The seller's ego entered into it. They literally didn't respond. She ends up buying another property, and all that happened. And that happened on the high end. That happens in low ends even more so because you guys don't – I mean, it's same same laziness. Same ego enters into it. What's fascinating to me in that particular situation, and you should listen to what I'm saying – is that same property now is still for sale for probably will end up being around $8 million. So that ego from my client and from that seller feeding off each other basically has cost that seller at least 2 or $3 million. How about that? Isn't that interesting? And by the way, the original offer is only like $500,000 off asking. So there you go. There's a for example. So sometimes when you get an offer – and the seller's reaction is negative. That's just their ego. You know, an overpricing seller, that's just their ego too. This all comes into the negotiating thing, but where, and Julie touched on this, where you run into problems is when you let your ego enter into it. Your ego has no place in a real estate transaction 
the seller is going to have enough ego for the most part for, for both everyone. of you. For everyone, exactly. So, Julie, do you have time for one more point? Yes, and our last point, I love that story because, you know, sometimes I will tease our um, coaching clients to use what I call the magic Google button just to see what you find. You know, sometimes that's the fastest way around, right? So let's see. Uh, And the last point is very much related to what you just went through. Keep my ego in check. What is the best thing for my client? Don't practice what we call self-agency. That's only taking care of you. When you're being of service, you will always win, even if sometimes that means doing something that maybe you wouldn't do personally. Uh, that's why I say, you know, it's not your house. If they like it, you love it. Go to bat for them. Do what's right for your client, and you're going to win. So those have been our negotiating points to help you guys, you know, have more confidence and less ego when you're negotiating. I really find that being prepared with more information is going to help you, things like motivation, time frame, what's the seller's real situation, when is it expiring, um, what are their other options on, on both sides. But to be the professional, assume that you're going to be the leader in the negotiation and you will always do better without trying to kill the other side. It's a delicate balance. So we tell you some of these stories to, A, let you know we've walked in your shoes and we're not just podcast people. We've actually done what we're talking about many, many, many times so that you know um, that authenticity, but also so that you have some of our stories so you don't have to create your own uh, learning curve, right? So you can (laughs) learn from some of our mistakes. Why would you put yourself through that if you didn't have to? So I've got to get to Premiere. I'll turn the call over to you. So listen, guys, I know a lot of you are, uh, we have picked up literally tens of thousands of new podcast listeners in the past like four months. Um, Please go back and listen to our past podcasts. Go to iTunes, listen to them there. Sub- uh, subscribe to the web or to the podcast. Just literally have the newest shows automatically um, loaded onto your, you know, your podcast listening app on your iPhone or your Android device or whatever. That's the quickest way. So, you know, to, we do this show every single day, every single uh, weekday. We're going to be getting into the weeds a lot over the next three or four months about um, very specific things. Every year at this time of year, guys, everyone basically ends the year having – these are the prominent emotions from agents. I had my best year ever. Oh, shit, how am I going to do it next year? <laughs> or I didn't do as well as I thought I was going to do. Um, what am I going to do next year? Or the third group is, holy crap, this was the worst year of my life. What am I possibly going to do to get my act together? And then there's another big group of you which are, you know, you're real estate curious or you just got your licenses and you're sort of one foot in, one foot out, or one toe in, one toe out. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to give you a lot of specific action plans for the rest of the year of what you need to be doing to really get your head straight. But the one thing I want you to understand is your new year has already started. Your 2019 has already started. And if you're not treating the rest of the year with the understanding that the relationships and the contacts that you initiate now are the ones that are going to be resulting in your paychecks in probably six months, you're going to miss the spring market. Please listen to what I'm saying. We talked about this last week, the week before. I'm just reminding you because you guys need to hear what we're saying. If you screw around the rest of this year and you aren't literally stockpiling uh, great listing leads, uh, we don't talk about buyers that much on the show, and I'm not going to start, but if you're not really stockpiling great listing leads the rest of this year, you are going to be screwed in the spring because you're not going to be able to rebuild momentum like you think you can in the spring. So no matter what group you're in, and we're going to be drilling down more the rest of the year, but don't wait for our podcast telling you what to do. Go back and listen to our past ones. 
You need to be making contacts. You need to stop doing all this passive, lazy, digital crap. You need to be picking up the phone. You need to doing, be doing the things that are going to put you right in front of the people that actually can say yes to you, um, you know, when you've earned the right to hear yes. That's the key. Move forward, guys. Don't wait. Please don't procrastinate. I appreciate you listening to our podcast. It's fun talking with all of you every single day, 140, 160,000 of you. I mean, that's kind of cool that we're communicating like that. It's over 10% of all the members of the National Association of Realtors that we speak with on a regular basis. Kind of cool, right? But look, doesn't mean shit if you guys aren't doing anything with the information. doesn't mean a thing unless you guys are using this information to be of service to yourselves, your families, you know, spoiling your families for the holidays. How about that? There's a good motivator for many of you. So please do something with it. Don't just listen and be entertained. I mean, we're not that entertaining, are we? Well, maybe we are. I have no idea. We're not trying to be. We're just trying to coach you guys. We're trying to help you. If there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. If you need a free coaching call, go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.